I'm Chris Stevenson. With me here today is Trevor Valentine. Hello. And Jay Earl. Hi. And that must mean that this is Strange Assembly. Today we're going to be talking about the impact of the plague war on the upcoming environment and what you'll be seeing at Gen Con. We'll be doing that in three segments, three clans per segment, interspersed with some news desk updates. So let's get started with the crowd. All right, we're going to talk about Crab in the same way that we talk about uh, the rest of the factions to try to look at, at each of those themes that the design team has laid out for that faction and then try to look at some of the non-thematic decks that they may have together. Uh, and given that that's you know, 36-plus ideas, it'll give us a, a lot of chances to be, to be terribly wrong. Uh, so, but, but for the Crab, let's start with the, the theme that has their new box, uh, Berserkers, which got Fortress of the Forgotten. I, I think we could agree that Berserkers as a deck was not something that, that you could take to a tournament before the Plague War. Do you think that's changed with Plague War? I don't think you can play it. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd want to see it to see just how competitive it, competitive it is now, but I definitely think it's a playable deck now. You've got enough toys that you can play with, you've got some big beefy men that you can do things with, and I think that for Berserkers, the box, it is a quite nice little tempo boost that you're getting your guys out faster than you should be. The, the main problem with Berserkers is that, that cost is really prohibiting. Uh, Yahiko is 11. She's amazing, but she's still 11 gold. That always hurts. And uh, the other guy... Shimonai. Shimonai. He's 10 gold, I think. Yeah, 10 gold, 7 force. Yeah, and he's an improvement of the old Berserkers because he actually has a battle action. But uh, I am sure, don't think it works as a deck quite yet. Yeah, well, at least that th- th- there is some synergy between the high gold cost and the stronghold ability on Fortress of the Forgotten that right. lets you wave, wave the gold cost. But I I think that they did get a pickup in Plague War with a stronghold with, with two of what I actually think are some of the better... Crab personalities in this set in in Yeheko and and Shim and I they can always play with with only action speak because they will frequently meet that base force requirement. But yeah, I think that's going to to require require uh, a little work. Uh, how about commanders? That's another theme that I don't I don't think people really played out of Crab as a as a theme. You maybe have followers, but not really commanders. The uh, follower build I've seen in Crab is mainly out of the scouts, so yeah, I don't know if they're actually playing their commanders as commanders. Uh, uh, Kichiro, he's actually useful because it straightens the personality of your follower as a battle action, so you can use the new peasant vengeance, the old peasant vengeance. That's a lot of kill. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, is, is overpowering assault the new peasant vengeance? Is that about the only specifically commander card in Plague War? I think uh, it's the only one I would actually play. I, I don't know if there was another one actually, but. But, and you do get Yehako out of the commanders as well. She's she's got both of those traits, but they I still don't see people playing Cute and Heat much. They don't really like it. They no, still like Shatterpiece Castle, which kind of inhibits people from going too all in on the followers, maybe. Shatterpiece is amazingly versatile too, so uh, well let's go on to the the two themes that I think people have played more out of Crab, uh, which is Heroes. Heroes got a lot of play in these these Ronin United Dueling builds, but I don't know if they really got much in this set. I, I think you disagree, Trevor, but I'm not a big fan of, of Demopen, the one hero that Crab got in this set. And 
I don't know how many times you can really use Acidgen's legacy either. Well, uh, Devil Pin, he's just lets you play more of the hero actions which are mainly meta, so if, if none of the clans start targeting you actively with one of them, you get to ditch it for range 5, it's not a terrible ability. And he's 5 force or 5 gold. That can't be overlooked. Yeah, well, it's not a terrible ability, but at the same time, trying to think of it, the, the only times you wouldn't want that card for meta is probably going to be up against a passive deck, at which point do you really need a range 5 against them? I mean, a crane or, or scorpion you're probably taking care of with other proactive abilities. Well, kill always removes presence, too. And True. Yeah, well, and I, and I would think a lot of times it might run the other way. It would let you play with something that's anti-dishonor, anti-honor, and actually have a use for it, or more of a use for it, in a, a military matchup. I mean, proper deference has a battle action, but you'd rather have a range 5 if you're playing against another military deck than... Minus four fours. No, he, he's discarded a heroic strategy. Oh, it has to be heroic. Hero yeah, that's, oh. that's the problem. It okay. has to be heroic. Yeah, no, any card for range five would be amazing. It, that's okay. Even more yeah. limited than I, I thought he was. Well, how about Acidgen's Legacy, which will we'll come up again, where it's any hero or any Ronin unaligned human. I think that you, know, you can use one of their battle actions again. Obviously, unless you use Tomiko's again, but most of the other unaligned humans don't have battle actions. A lot of the heroes don't have battle actions. Yeah, I mean, after Tamago, that... it drops off really quickly. The the good reused battle action. And, of course, the, the other problem with it is, is any type of trying to reuse the action. I mean, at least with that, you do... I mean, if I remember correctly, you do get to immediately reuse it. So it's not, oh, I'm going to reuse this. Now you get to mess with me. Now I get to do it. But all the same, I mean, Tamago's sitting there. Even after he's used an ability, he's still a major target for the opponent to do something against, he's not going to hang around that long to get the opportunity to do his battle action again. Uh, and I, as far as the other theme goes, and what uh, may be the most, I guess I at first glance think might be the most competitive crab deck after after the Plague War is, is Scouts. It was something that won Kote before. It got what I think is the best crab personality in the set in, in Tenyo. It got a good follower, Ruma Sniper. It got a decent action, the trap is sprung, which which works even if you're not. Crane, uh, what do you guys think about the scouts? Uh, Tenyo, I think, is really good. Yeah, and she's cavalry. And if you can find a way to obfuscate on a follower something during a battle, you just steal a province, which is always helpful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I like the crab scouts. It's another one I would like to see before I make a final judgment, but I definitely feel like you're right. It got quite a few nice toys out of the set, and it was already a fairly good deck. Yeah. And there are a couple of other generic cards that, that help the crab more than they, they help anyone else. The follower, Claws of the Wolf, I think is very nice for the crab. You never have to worry about getting sent home by the Imperial Favor again. Mm-hmm. And out of that Ronin build, it's got, it potentially has massive it's supporters. Huge. Yeah. Uh, and then on the, the other end of the follower spectrum, Unexpected Sympathy, two gold, two one-force followers... That's pretty efficient for for just throwing some attachments around on your guys. Yeah, free protection or near free protection is always always uh, useful. All right. Uh, so I going into to Plague War Crab was was pretty good, and I I think that they that one of their two particularly good builds seems like it got some more cards. So they seem like they'd still be in, in decent shape after Plague War, although they didn't get anything. Too amazing. Yeah, they get nothing spectacular, but I mean, all, all the cards are average, so they'll stay what they were, I think. 
Okay. Uh, on to the Crane, then. Crane are, are one of two clans that have probably gotten the most talk in a negative way uh, as the Kote season has been wrapping up and as Plague War has been coming out, the, the other one being Scorpion. But Crane is a, a clan that was not that great during Kote season. People are really worried about the new meta. You know, how how well do we think Crane is going to be able to survive into the Plague War environment? I think the biggest disadvantage Crane has going forward is the players thinking it's weak. I think they actually got a lot of weak things in Plague War. They're still capable of winning. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if we start with scouts again, like the Crab, I think that there are a number of, of good scout cards that, that Crane can use. The Trap is Sprung is amazing for Crane scouts. Yeah. I mean, it's Battle Bowie units. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, they well, it's, it's battle bow unit, and you have to use two react nope don't bows to stop it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can if there's if there's a card in the unit that has a reaction that stops the you know the personality bowing or something, you can target the attachment, and then it bows the unit. It gets if if Kuan's got an attachment, it gets around Kuan's uh, negate the, his his negation because you target the attachment, mm-hmm. but you don't actually target Kuan. Uh, right. Also, the the heroes. What's the hero react? Don't bow me. Setting, setting sun strike. Sun strike. Yeah, Andy. That that sort of the Chagatai's armor. Yeah. Now the armor. Now that uh, not bad. I, I, I Doji Akagi got a lot of hate, but he seems pretty pretty decent to it, me. I mean, he's not amazing, but, but it's a static force bonus, which lets you actually swing more. Yeah, you, you can swing, more, and you can and you can just defend more too. I crab scouts actually. Really do have defense. They have a, a good number of ranged attack kill actions. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think crane scouts can sort of, if given enough time, set up that you can't take my last province game of I've just I've just got so much on the board. There's nothing you're going to be able to do to smash me. Yeah, ten recons in your own province. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, so with with a couple of. Uh, decent but seemingly playable cards, Daidoji Curiae and Fainting Position as well. I, I think that. Crane scouts will will have a shot. They may be a little harder to navigate. You'll have to read the environment. Are people actually going to play a bunch of honor meta? How right. how defensive honor can you be? How much can you have to be switched? Switch is usually harder to to well, work out the deck right and work out playing it right. I think. Yeah. Well, crane scouts also get around most of the uh, uh, proper defense won't will seldom hit them. They don't, they don't they gain lots of small bursts. Not. Well, the, the the problem with crane scouts, as I was saying last time, is. They're hard to play insofar as it's hard to know mid-game how much it's defense to set up, where to set up your defense. Because it's recon actions before the battle, you have to know where your opponent is going to attack, where to force them to go, that type of thing. So while, while they can make that last battle really, really hard to take, when you've got three provinces, it becomes very hard for the Kraven player to know where to set, where to draw the line, where to make, which one to make their hard to take province, or do they spread out and? So yeah, I think it's something that will be hard to play well, but will be fairly strong if it is played well. well let's go over to a more inherently defensive oriented crane build, the 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 sort of magistrate courtier dishonor deck that they can play. Unlike Scouts, this is a deck that doesn't seem to me like it got very much and is harder hit by 
the honor meta, like proper deference, because it's more likely to try to incorporate the dueling. Uh, how do you see that, Trevor? Uh, yeah, it, I have a janky deck that combines the courtier, magistrate, and duelist, so it, it can explode if you get lucky, and they can get hit by the meta as a result, but Hakuseki, I think, is amazing. It's a battle duel, because they're going to be dishonored versus that deck. Yeah, it seemed when I when I looked at that yeah, Hakaseki and then Relentless Conviction, the battle destroy a dishonored guy. Yeah, yeah. It seemed yeah. like the the best new additions to that that theme. It's more defensive than people give it credit for because you can pack a lot of kill into the between duels, restoring order. It can be a nightmare. Yeah, and then uh, you talked about dueling, and dueling is sort of an odd theme for the crane. For the crane and the dragon, they had this fourth theme that wasn't supposed to be its own deck in and of itself. It's just something you mix Splash, into other yeah. decks. Yeah. But with Plague War and the release of Sea Watch Castle, I think for the first time in a while, you really can make a, a dueling deck. Not a deck that has duels in it, but a, a flat-out dueling deck. And I think that there are a, a, a lot of good possibilities for this. I, I know that you've done pretty well locally with the Sea Watch Castle deck. What do, you, what do you think about the archetype, Trevor? They, they got a lot of support this set. Uh, Shadow's Talon, as we've gone over before, is absolutely amazing. It's a negative card, and it lets you get all your other focus effects into play. And uh, Shune is better than people give him credit for, it too. It's a boxable duelist with a battle action. Right, and because unlike a lot of the other guys who have that sort of, I have a cool ability that I don't have to bow for if I duel, he doesn't actually have to have been the one who dueled, so you can get your really cool duelist get them going, give them some duels, and then Shune supports them, rather than having to have your cool duelist duel, or Shune gets to duel with his ability. I mean, I I know uh, Phoenix, we've got the guy, if he's won a duel, he doesn't have to bow for his range attack, but he's not that great of a duelist. I've got, I'd much rather duel with Ochi, but... Dragon Guy has a a similar thing, especially, but I think the even more important to that for Shune, I think, is that he gets to come with a box that has a duel on it. You, I mean, you do at right. least have to have won a duel. Normally, you can only play with, with so many duels in, in your deck. You've got Steel and Steel. Maybe now you have Impetuous Challenge, but the the Crane, we'll every battle, they're going to have a duel to, to play with. They can, if, if they want, you can try to attack with it and defend with it. I don't know how much Crane players are going to try to attack with it, but the, the box does have some military potential as well, but you're you're always going to be able to trigger that, and I think that the the synergy that Sea Watch Castle brings really makes all this gel. All of a sudden, you can play with cards like Inspirational Victory and Shadow's Talon that are amazing focus effects, but don't do anything else. You can play with a card that maybe isn't that great of an effect in the duel, because now you know that you have all these really good focus effects in your deck that you're going to get off of it. I mean, you had some decks like the Dragon Swarm Dueling from Kote Season that could do a little bit of that, but you always had to try to piece it together. Each duel still had to be worth playing on its own. Each, you know, the focus effect, you know, you had the one in there that was only a focus effect, but it wasn't much else. I mean, I know that I would love to have a, a Dragon version of Sea Watch Castle. Yeah, the duel in a box is incredibly powerful. But then the the last uh, crane theme is artisans. I, you know, I they they weren't anywhere. They were not at all a functional deck, and I, I still don't think they are. Yeah, I still don't think they're on the ra- radar. They got a uh, Gise 
and she's all right, but the theme doesn't work synergistically as a whole yet. So yeah, yeah, she's well, the, the problem is artisans. There's like three different things artisans are trying to do, and no one, not no one of those has gotten enough support to be all that great. And I mean, what what we've seen of artisans has mostly been limited honor gain, which is first of all what's been most meted against, and second off seems to be what AG least wants honor to be. So there's not a huge amount of support for it. Well, it seems to me that they're trying to make an honor dishonor switch, and you have to make an incredibly tight fate deck for that to work. Yeah, and the artisans just don't add a lot of the thoughtful present is a is a bad card. I, and that was you know every every theme for every clan gets its one per, gets at least one personality gets at least one strategy and and right now you've got for right now you have a personality who's a miss completely for that because that switch just is not functional for them and then you've got a strategy that that doesn't contribute well, anything. Also, part of it too, he said as he said every theme gets a card. Artisans is pretty much only Crane have that as a theme, so they're just going to get that one card, whereas something like Scouts or Heroes or Commanders, there's lots of clans with that theme, so they get multiple cards to help help that out. People always joke that the Crane clan model's not, the motto is not the face, and it's doubly so far Artisans that they have no defense at all that yeah. I can find. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't know that that is necessarily accurate, Jay, about the, the one card theme. Like I, like I mentioned, Overpowering Assault, there were three, four clans that have Commander as a theme, and I'm not... There's only one or two strategy cards that actually say Commander on them this set, so I don't... I think sometimes one strategy card functions as Multiple. this is your fate card for this set, for this... But regardless, this one is good. So, Well, I mean, when I say that is... When you have something like Commander, where three or four clans are doing it, you want to give something that'll get you... You're, there's more of an incentive to make a good Commander card versus an Artisan card that one clan is going to use. Yeah, well, and I think... And, and I guess any military deck, if it's not keyword-specific, you, you have a plethora of random battle actions that you might be able to slot into your military deck. Probably more something more obscure, like... Dishonor, honor, switch. There's not a lot of cards that inherently support that, and yeah. you really they they would have to be crane specific. So crane, not not in a great position, but I don't think we not as bad a position as they thought going into the plague war. Where do you think crane are going to end up as a as a clan once once plague war becomes? I, I still think they're stronger than most people give them credit for. So I think they've actually improved. Yeah, and I, I, again, I, I think the, the I think they've improved. I think the Sea Watch Castle is a really good boost. I think that's really helpful. I think the the Scout deck would be is really strong, but it's another it's one of those decks that's hard to play really really well. So we'll see. I I, I don't think like your average player is going to be able to play Sea Watch or is going to be able to play Crane Scouts to the bet to the maximum ability, but I think Sea Watch is 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 a good good deck. It'll be much easier to play. Yeah. I, I don't think that Crane is gonna be transformed into a world leader, but I don't think that Crane is going to bottom out the way that some people thinks it does. I think it's at least gonna maintain the ability to to stay in the pack. And it it may be high risk, but there may be the possibility for for high reward with Crane, and we'll, we'll touch on this later in, in Dragon as well, which is 
trying to read how much of this meta that that people are actually packing. If everybody assumes, oh, nobody's going to be playing Honor because Honor's dead, and so nobody plays with proper deference, or very few people, and you manage to miss them, yeah, you may dark horse. Yeah, you, you you may be able to go in there and do things like bomb Honor gains, and now your opponent isn't even bothering to play with New Order anymore. This guy really isn't falling. Uh, okay, the last clan for this segment is Dragon. Uh, Dragon had a very good Kote season. They won more Kote than anyone else did. Almost, uh, almost entirely made that setting, but, but very heavily on the back of Last Step Castle, which gets hit probably more than anybody by proper yeah. deference because Saki Bomb does not like no. having lost the 16 honor it just gained. Yeah, we're talking about the power rankings, and I'm thinking Dragon, uh, they've had their time in the sun for a while. They're going down quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, Dragon pretty much only can go down. I mean, even if they do really, really well after the set, it's still hard to hit that peak of what they just finished with. Yeah, and I think Magistrates... The the thing with the Magistrates is that the, the existing Last Step Castle deck... Even if it it doesn't run into proper deference or or only actions speak, it didn't really get anything either. The I think I mean Yukari was the primary possible card that it got. I'm not sure where she slots into that really blitzy, boxable, heavy or, or I guess it's honor deck, so it's rockety yeah. uh, boxable heavy deck. But it, it's still got some oomph there, and I think that. At some point during the course of this environment, you will see someone who's basically still playing the same sort of last step castle deck go into an environment that is devoid of honor meta and just and still just yeah. you know smash smash would be run. I don't know that that's going to be able to fly at something like Gen Con, but I, I think that that will will still happen. All the all the cards that gain the deck honor are still there. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see one, maybe even two LSC make it into the top, make it into the cut at Gen Con. I don't think they'll win because I think somebody will have the meta, but I think there'll be enough people that are that you're right have think they don't need the meta that one or two could make it to the cut. See, I'd actually be incredibly surprised if any made the cut because even right now, before Plague War, it has terrible matchups that are almost unwinnable. Yeah, why? And I, and- I don't think Gen Con would be the place where it would happen. I think what you might see is people at Gen Con at Gen Con actually run the meta, and so and never see and then and then and then nobody sees and then everybody sees Honor not finishing at the top at Gen Con, and then it's after Gen Con that people start pulling their meta out because people actually do. I mean, especially in the main event at Gen Con, I think. Those are higher level players. I think they tend to be more in touch. They're less likely to be like, oh, I don't see much honor or much dishonor at my local event, so I'm just not going to worry about running that. I mean, last year at Gen Con, going in, everybody was expecting, you know, Shrine of Champions, Phoenix Honor was was the big thing. It was easy. It was obvious. People meted it like crazy, and it didn't really do much of anything at Gen Con because people actually played with meta. Right. Uh, but the the other uh, the other dragon deck that I think that you will see more of, and I think that will get played more than Last Step Castle now, and will do better than Last Step Castle now, is is monks. I talked about it a little bit last week. It did win a Kote, uh, a pure monk deck, 
one one eight Cote over the course of the season. There were also some hybrid decks. At least one Cote got one by one of the the swarm duelers that I talked about. And monks is a deck. I, I don't know if it got the most out of any deck, but if when I look at the cards, yeah. oh, I mean two two actually decent uh, or, or good one for ones. One solid, one's good, at the very least. Seven gold personalities, which is a, a gold cost slot where Dragon Monks had just awful choices before now. Uh, you got a, a follower follower that synergizes really well with what they do. I Carbure Tube Samurai, yes. Yes, uh, yes. The Order of the Wooden Blade, it's it's basically a Imperial lead Guard for one less gold as long as you get to play its action as an additional action, right. which is... Easy Not that hard to do, dragon, monks. Yeah. Uh, you've also got Cold Hand Stone Heart, which in our first episode, a lot of you guys talked about how how great that was, yeah. and it's amazing. It should be in every Spider Monk deck and every Dragon yeah. Monk deck. Well, because it's of the a arc. it's in always a free card. It doesn't cost you tempo. It doesn't cost you the card. It's completely free. Yeah, Pillars of Virtue is gonna be the workhorse from now. They they don't really have any playable decks, so. Yeah, uh, as far as the other decks go, you know, their other normal theme for Dragon is Kensei. Uh, Kensei... (laughs) The the, the problem with Kensei, and it's been that way for a while, is the weapons aren't that great. There's one weapon in this set that's good, but it's giant. And, I mean, the... You, you Even playing three of those, that's just not enough weapon support to really make the Kensei as amazing as they need to be. But that's not Dragon-specific. That's all Kensei right now. Yes, I'm not talking about yeah. Dragon Kensei. I'm talking about Kensei Kensei. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there are important additions to Kensei in this set. 100-fold cut. If, if there's ever a a good Kensei deck, 100-fold cut is well, going yeah. to be part of it. Rising Sun Blade... Uh, it is an important addition. It's big, but it gives an option there to, you know, you have options of smaller stuff. And before Rising Sun Blade, the top of the weapon food chain was, what, Fubatsu Blade? Yeah. And that's uh, not saying a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it was okay, but it, it wasn't uh, uh, amazing. The thing's and, definitely developing as a whole, though. It's getting there. And the, the dragon Kensei in the set is a good personality. Muramoto Mori, the four forest Cav Kensei, yeah. he's He's actually got an ability that does something for real when he doesn't have a weapon, which is another thing that, right, especially problem with- for for I think for Dragon Kensei more so than the other Kensei because a lot of the Scorpion and Spider Kensei just don't have abilities. Is that the the Dragon Kensei have had abilities in this form of I do something and then I do something real if I have a weapon, but the something that they did without a weapon was was so small as to be pointless. You know, Miramoto Minowa, I can bow a guy who's 2-2, so I can I can bow zombies. That means in full force calibre, so his weapons get bigger, he can take some provinces by himself and just snipe them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mori plus Rising Sun Blade, pretty obvious. Right, I mean, Kev is quality. So I think that I think that they, I think Dragon Kensei have made a, a significant improvement, but but haven't gotten anywhere. Uh, the last Dragon theme... Is the duelist is dueling, which unlike the crane, still is not a standalone thing. I think you're just going to have dueling in Kensei, dueling in Magistrates. Right. Yeah, but you can splash it in a lot easier. I think it's, it, you did get some toys, and I think importantly, uh, as was pointed out to me, uh, Haru, the new dragon, the one chi duelist that gets to double focus. Um, one, one thing you, you haven't touched on is both Dragon and Phoenix. I think can now do almost do enlightenment competitively. And I think Haru is what lets Dragon get away with it. 
Ochi yeah. lets Phoenix play fire. Haru lets Dragon play fire. You get Sneaky Ring into play if you're looking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'd all agree then that Dragon is not going to be what it was during Kote season because it, it's almost I mean, can't be. Possible. It was such, yeah. that's such a high bar, but I think that monks will will let Dragon still be good, and right. I think I think I mean, you'll see Last Up Castle steal some. Right. Yes. I mean, Dragon are still going to be good. They're just there's no way for them to continue to be as amazing as they were this Kote season. The, the monks are scary, but we'll see how scary they are. I guess. Okay, that's it for the first segment. Uh, next, we'll have an announcement about Solving the Riddle 2010, and then we'll be back to talk about Lion, Mantis, and Phoenix. This is Chris Stevenson, and I'd like to talk to you about something called Solving the Riddle. Solving the Riddle is a global charity event, a series of tournaments that I've organized for the last couple of years, and we're doing again this September 2010. Uh, Solving the Riddle raises money for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, which is a pancreatic cancer charity. It provides direct funding for research. It tries to get Congress to appropriate money for for research into pancreatic cancer. It provides services to people who have pancreatic cancer and their families. And those services can be really important because although the pancreas isn't the sort of thing you'd you'd think of as harboring a particularly deadly cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer is it's very hard to detect. So it's very frequently metastasized by the time anyone detects it. And the, the life expectancy of most people who, from the time that they learn that they have pancreatic cancer, is, is under six months. So over the last two years, we have raised, I mean, we, I've organized it, but the, the Legend of the Five Rings community generally has raised over $12,000 for PanCan. And uh, we're, like I said, we're going to do it again this September. Anyone can run one of these charity events. You just collect you know, the $5 or the $10 for the entry fee becomes a donation to the charity. For the second year in a row, uh, Alderac is going to be supporting us with, with story results. We don't know exactly what it's going to be this year, but there are going to be mega game points involved last year. Uh, the Mantis were able to win two prizes for donating the most and for winning the individual tournament that had the most donations. Uh, so you can email me at chris at strangeassembly.com if you're interested in running one of these. You can also come on our forums where we have a dedicated thread about it or on the Alderac forums in the events section where there will be a, a dedicated thread that you can uh, let me know you're interested. We'll provide you with more information. Uh, I also, I forgot to mention, I also, out of pocket, provide a, an exclusive custom prize for each winner of each individual tournament. So even if you know your player base doesn't have anybody who's gearing up to make a big donation, you can hold one of these tournaments you can just have the the entry fees, and you can still get this this cool thing. Uh, we'll have more details as we have more information 
but I look forward to hearing from you and I look forward to playing with all of you guys this September. Thanks. Welcome back to this second segment of Strange Assembly. We're going to kick off this segment by talking about the the lion. Uh, lion were you know, dominant, but but very 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 good for the first half of of Cote season, and they they tapered off after the Errata to Central Castle, but it's still using Central Castle decks and and some venerable planes of the Akoma decks. They were still able to be one of the top tier clans. Last last Cote season up there with Mantis and Crab and, and Dragon rather than down in the the pack, but is Plague War going to let them keep that position or are they going to slip down further? I'm fairly certain they slip down further. They they didn't get a whole lot this time. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to be horrible, but I don't think they're going to. I don't think they gained any ground. They just don't have any. And the problem is their main deck just doesn't really have much room to grow. It's it's. Yeah, I think one of the the sort of themes of any discussion about what the lion get runs into the fact that most of the lion decks aren't theme specific. They're just really good personality specific, which makes it hard to print new guys that are good enough to break into that that sort of conglomerate non themed deck. Uh, right so, when when your theme is really good people, print, printing even better people is, is tough. I think it's one of the best themes they have, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's start with the the stronghold and, and generic lion decks, and then heroes. The stronghold mountain storehouse uh, does is obviously a hero box. Battle straighten a guy. They get plus three force if they're opposed in a hero, but it's it's also still just battle straight in a guy, and I think that there's an argument to be made that, that that's better than Venerable Plains of the Akoma, or, or maybe the Nerf Central Castle as just a generic stronghold to play generic lion out of. Yeah, I, I think so, because Venerable Plains is situational at best, and I, I remember hearing someone that won with it did use the box once in the tournament, so that shows how effective it was for him. I don't know if you mean Evan, but yeah, Evan Paul did really well in a couple of Cote, and won at least one with Venerable Plains of the Akoma Lion pick followers, but I don't I, I don't know if he really even used Venerable Plains of the Akoma for much of anything, but it, it, it definitely came down from what it was in Samurai, probably for the better. Yes, um, it isn't about <laughs> unit anymore. But but I mean, but what about for heroes specifically? I mean, is anybody going to play a, lo- a specifically hero deck out of Mountain Storehouse? I don't. Nobody was, or I'm sorry, I keep saying Mountain Storehouse. I don't know why I'm saying the that. Great That's Hall the of lion. Records. Yes, Great Hall of Records. Mountain Storehouse is a lion specific region, which I think is pretty good. But Great Hall of yeah. Records is the name of the stronghold. I, I apologize for that. Yeah, no, Mount, Mountain Storehouse is what bow it, move somebody into the battle. If you're a lion player, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter where the region is, which I, I think that's probably a decent addition to Grand Atlantic. But Great Hall of Records itself, I Matsuharia is not impressive at all. No, not really. Uh, uh, Matsu Makura is okay, mostly because you can naval play something from your hand, not so much for her ability. Yeah. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't. You don't like really. You don't really like bowing people for for ranged attacks. I mean, I guess you can stand her up again with the stronghold. But then that's two actions. While I see Great Hall of the Records being used in generic line decks, I don't see a particularly good tournament hero deck. Even and they also are also uh, yeah. And there's a good Death Seeker honor action too. But I, I don't see Lion Death Seeker honor getting anywhere, especially in an environment where people are terrified of playing with honor. No, it's a weaker theme than there. Use my, all my good people and stomp you. Well, and the the problem with the Death Seeker deck is that. From what I've seen, most of the honor gains are when your guy dies, rather than the traditional honor when he comes out. So it's actually, it's, it seems to me, you'd almost want to splash it into like crane, so that the crane they buy a crane, they buy a lion death seeker, and then the lion death seeker dies and gains some more honor. Lion honor did place this year, though, not much, but I, I know it got at least in the top two once. That's good. Uh, well, let's go on to another theme that's. Uh Sort of half getting played, much like Crab Commanders. You have line decks that have followers, but they don't really seem to be line decks that care yeah, the about having commanders. Uh, I guess a Kodokuma, I think, is interesting. The option to discard him to get a follower provides some flexibility, but again, is he really better than whatever uh, you know, amazing 4 4 6 gold guy with some sort of ability <laughs> is that you'd, you'd have to replace? The problem with them playing the small followers, which he makes, is that they swarm already. You don't need to swarm with small followers and small people. You just do the people. Yeah. Well, and also, as soon as he hits play, he's does nothing. He's yeah, blank just people. Two force. Yeah. Who cares? Lion have lion have enough people that do something that they don't really need somebody who does nothing. And again, yeah, the only thing you get is overpowering assault. Although I guess. Smaller followers work more with overpowering assault. Lion has been mostly big followers, and so bow- bowing your five force followers is less attractive. Yeah. And and let's let's go ahead and, and get it out of the way. Matsukenji. Yeah. A lot of Lion players really hated Matsukenji's card. Anybody actually think that Matsukenji will ever be played in a deck? If she weren't loyal. No. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, we we agree that Matsukenji is is not. Yeah. She's she's not going to get played. Uh, and she does, uh, though. She, and she is also a tactician, which which takes us over to the one lion theme. If, if if any lion theme has gotten played, it's tacticians because a lot of those good lion guys are are tacticians. And while Matsukenji isn't very good, I think the best lion personality in the set is the tactician, a non-unique, and that's Ikoma Satoru. I had three force tactician for six. Uh, Moves himself in, moves anybody. Uh, you know, can possibly move anybody in. Works when bowed, and trains the unit. That's really and, important and, too. And it straightens the whole unit when he moves him in. He is a personality that I could see actually making it into the generic line. Deck. Yeah, I can see him in the generic deck or the big follower deck too. Yeah, yeah, and and tacticians do get a. Uh, a I think a really good action in choose your fights. Which at the very worst is battle draw a card and break some rules. That's always uh, frustrating. <laughs> right, line, line is one of the clans that has a few terrains that can really hose them. So the ability to counter terrains is always nice. Yeah, I mean people play with the Kodos Graves because sometimes, especially against an honor deck, uh, there'll be that ground. there's yeah. that backbreaking unfamiliar ground or encircled, encircled, and before. You know, you'd have to a lot of 
military decks would have to play a Kodo's Graves if they want to deal with that. And there's a lot of good utility holdings, but now Alliant Tacticians can just play with Choose Your Fight, which, which beats the heck out of a Kodo's Grave. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really something good. And so it, it seems like the, the, the... It seems like there is not going to be a huge change in the sort of things that, that Lion is doing. Their Tacticians was their most used theme... I think it's going to stay that way because it got their their best cards. And but I guess we should talk about Paragons. You know, we mentioned Venerable Planes of the Acoma, which is the Paragon box. But I have yet to see anybody really play Paragon Honor. I mean, was it a Paragon Honor deck that you said had? Was that Paragon Honor? It, it was a mix, but it's mainly Paragons. Yeah, they got a couple of okay cards for that. I mean, the Pure Heart is just more Force Pump. Yeah. It's nothing special, though. Uh, I don't. I don't. That doesn't seem like it's anything that's going to get them to try to play Paragons instead of the Mishmash. No. Decks. And then Kenji again. We have to mention just because people like her so much. Oh, she a Paragon too? Yes. She's all of them? okay. Uh, she has every trait. Yes. And nothing that that anyone cares about. Yeah. Okay. So so Lion overall don't seem like they're going to gain. A lot of ground, but I mean that at least their their good deck gets cards they can put in it. Yeah, it, it yeah. still stays a good deck. They just don't get new toys. Okay, uh, next in line is is Mantis. Before we get into any specific Mantis theme, I, I think we can assume that every Mantis deck ever is going to play Tsuruchi Gadeu. Uh I hope so. He <laughs> he's incredible. <laughs> So, I mean, I think that right there is, is an across-the-board pump for... I mean, it's, I know it's a unique personality. It only comes up every so often, but, but it, man... will kill. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a nice little addition to, to something that at least had one already really top-level deck in, in Dragon's Guard City. So, the Dragon's Guard City sort of a commander deck? You at least need commanders to run Deadly Orders? That's pretty much it, or the uh, the new commander, Peasant Vengeance, that I can never remember the name of. Uh, overpowering Assault. Yeah. Overpowering Assault. Do you <laughs> not... Does, does Hold have a place in? I'd rather run Height of Courage in that deck. I, I don't care if they bow my people, because my followers take provinces. Yeah. So the only... As far as commanders specifically go, the one commander was Yoritomo Chiako... She seems like she's got possibility. Trevor always says you don't want to defend anyway with these decks. Uh, I, I have three of her in my deck. A lot of the players don't like her because they run stuff like travel swiftly and I guess get by in defending, but I, I've never found that to be a good strategy. She's really efficient. She gives you the four force for being a boxable without actually being boxable for anything else that the game cares about. She doesn't get hit by all those stronghold plus two. She doesn't get hit by the six gold anti-lion things, which I, I now realize we entirely failed to mention some of the actually effective anti-lion meta that's when we were talking about the, the lion. But, but she is 4-4s four for four gold and naval, so that's really strong. Yeah, now I know, I mean, you expect Dragon Guard City to be the premier Mantis deck still, right? Uh, yeah, the, the rest didn't really get a boost. Our, our scouts are very volatile and they don't really work very well at least in my experience and, and Thunder just isn't quite there yet it, it can still win military but it, it will lose to Dishonor which I think got a large boost but we'll get to that later well and I, you actually said something that I disagree with I, I don't know that Mantis scouts are going to end up being great or anything but I think they got I think they did get a lot of good much like I mean, we, I 
some of these are the same cards I mentioned with Crab Scouts and with Crane Scouts, but Haruma Sniper works even better in a Mantis Scout deck, right? Because you've always got that box recon action for its ranged four. You've still got the Trap is Strong. You've got Ahashi, who has a great naval action. And I, I thought that Yoritomo Tehei was, was pretty solid, too. I just can't ever make it work. It's probably just how I play, but the Trap Expert and, and the Sent Home... Uh, what is his name? Uh, Ohashi. Ohashi. They're both good actions. Just So far, before the set, our, our personalities were usually just blank scouts or not naval. And I know it's a terrible thing to rag on, but we really need naval for our decks to work. Well, and I think that, like I said, I, I don't... I don't. I'm not saying that Scouts is all of a sudden going to leapfrog Dragon's Guard City, but it, it seems like it did get a pickup there. I mean, Ahashi is naval. Uh, he's got that naval action. So, I mean, I, I think that there's a good pickup for for Scouts here. How do you see that, Jay? I don't know. I mean, I agree. Mantis loves their naval. Who knows what they'll actually play? I mean, it's it, it's one of those decks. I'd like to see it in action before I make a judgment because. I mean, you're right. They got some cool new cards, but I don't know if it was enough to really be all that good. You went to see it in action, Jay. Clearly, you have missed the entire point of this show, which was for us, after having been playing with these cards for, what, less than a month? To basically since we've make, seen all of them? Yeah, to, oh, to well then, what's yeah. going Using our, 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 our vaunted expertise <laughs> and brilliance, uh, I'm sure we are going to, to just, without... <laughs> Having thoroughly tested for months on end, be able to accurately predict how all four themes for online plants are going to go. So you, you have to. Oh have well, well in, that, in that case, uh, it'll be the best deck in the environment, definitely. Okay, uh, Thunder. Uh, Thunder didn't seem like it got much, which means it probably still does not say functional. Mm-hmm. But it, Sarasa did seem like he could play a, a key role in the development of that theme going forward. No, he's definitely an amazing personality and exactly what the deck needed. Out of the Thunderbox, it's going to be six force every time you use them, pretty much. And I hear naval consumed. Naval consumed. <laughs> yeah. I like naval consumed, so you must. They also got a really good spell, which helps a lot too. Thunder's blessing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which again lets you naval consume, right? That, that it, one's not very good. It's completely it, redundant. It lets you I already naval say Sayako, spells because uh, if you can ever use Sayako's battle as a naval, you're probably going to win the game taking two any two battle actions <laughs> before they can take an action. It's, it's uh, rough. No, yeah, I, I I remember that. That's what I call sneak keyhole, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, Lotus, when you could go naval, kill everything in their army. Nobody wants that again. Uh, no. I, I was just thinking, you know, sneak, cold hands, stone hard. Right. Yeah. Monks, but yeah, let's, yeah. They, uh, the spell also lets you attach during battle, which the deck needs. Yeah. It, it's it's a, it's kind of a one shot. I get to play Phoenix for a yeah. play City of Tears for this. Battle. Yeah, that, that's called worthless. <laughs> I, I don't know why any, they would print it. It's it doesn't also, doesn't do anything. It's a force pump for us too. That's plus uh, yeah. plus one is it plus one when you you just when you use it. The thunder action. Yeah. Okay. So that so thunder seems like it's something you could make a eh, deck out of, but you're not going to be. Uh, it, it's playable. It just won't. Dragon Guard City right now. World. On the other hand, the fourth theme for Mantis is economic warfare, and that one kind of started with a handicap in that it didn't. Ex- it, didn't it was officially a theme, but yeah. it didn't have any cards for it at the start of the arc. Uh, it got Saruchi Agata this set. He's a decent personality, but the, the, the theme just really doesn't exist yet. 
it it does. It just it's you can't really see all the pieces unless you actively look for them. But free money is never a bad thing. In Ogata is you know, and I, I think he's uh, as I said before. I think he's a great splash into anything else. Free money, free peddler, free counting house, free. There's just so many good two for two utility holdings out right now. The, the ability to borrow your opponents for a while and use it is just pretty nice. But the centerpiece for the theme of this set is clearly Gedalyu and his battle kill somebody that costs less than him. Mm-hmm. See, see, I don't even think of that as an economic order mm-hmm. card. I just think of that as a good card. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, there's all sorts of guys who have less than nine gold. Yeah. Well, you, you combine it with Udamaro and Ahiko and you can now stomp you can kill Tamago. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tamago, you only cost three! Yonk. Okay, so I mean, I, I I guess I don't see any reason why Dragon's Guard City doesn't have the ability to stay one of the top decks. I, I don't uh, see it after, slipping very much. After Plague War, so uh, I think we'll I think uh, Mantis players have have a, a good environment to look forward to. Next up is Phoenix, and that's going to be the last clan for this segment. Phoenix have a number of, of decent not theme specific things so let's talk about their best card Isawa Achai she's amazing she gets that ring of fire all by herself yep. she's undercosted there have been a a lot of people make have made comments as various uniques have been revealed about how they don't think they're high enough stats and Reese has made a point of saying uniques don't get better stats than their gold cost justifies anymore except <laughs> maybe we can argue that with Achai Phoenix Mint, like Bandits has said, they got stuff for all their themes, and it's all really playable. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think every card that we got in this set is playable in at least one deck. Ochi, I think... I mean, I have yet to build a post-Plague War deck, Phoenix deck, that didn't include Ochi. She just fits into everything. Now, let's go on to what... Let's hit on one specific thing, though. You said she goes in everything. Do you still have her in, in the sort of... Or have you even built the sort of defensive honor spell deck? Uh, yeah, she goes in the defensive honor spell deck, because she's a 5-4 Shugenja, so she's really hard to be dealt with. She is 6 Chi, so for the stuff that cares about Chi, there's a few in there. In in the defensive, the defensive honor deck, any battle ability on my guy that sends you, that gets rid of you, like hers does, of bowing, is good. Even if your focus values aren't that good, yeah, I mean, she, you, you'll find a four. That's oh, all you need. You don't need yeah, a four. She's gonna win you, the duel. Yeah, she's, she's a six. Yeah, she's six G. She's plus one to everything. She's gonna win the duel. Yeah. Let's. I, I mean, I, I guess my thought is her that that was one deck that had that often been very heavily <clears> focused on weenies, and I didn't know how much she would fit. Out. And the other reason I, I went to that is because I wasn't sure how much did that specifically get anything. It still seems like the other options that Phoenix have are better. Than, than playing their spell honor, at least to me. Yeah, I think the, so too. The spell honor, I think you're right, is a weak deck right now for many reasons. First off, because it hasn't gotten as much support as other things, because honor is just playing weak right now. Uh, but I, I, I think that uh, as far as playing a lot of weenies, I think it's it's changed right now. At least, at least in my mind, it's no longer. Oh, I've got all these little weenie guys. I'm gonna have like seven of them and some spells and try to hold you off. It's now I've actually got some quality people that I can play that aren't weenies. I mean, like the 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 new guy Amashi. I forgot exactly what he does, but have a battle action that gains me honor and keeps you off my provinces. Gifu, who can 
kill you, keep you off my provinces. I, I think that you you no longer have to play all these weenie little guys who are just there for spell boxes. You've now got enough people that actually do something on their own to combo with all the good spells. Gifu was one scary old lady. <laughs> yeah, what I like... I think I like Gifu less than other people do, but I like her better than I liked Demapen, because at least she does something if I don't discard a card, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there are so many just kill cards you can play with now that I'm not... It's not always that big an upgrade to be able to discard something. Uh, Phoenix are clearly going military this arc. Even by yeah. Ray is incredible. Oh, Barry is awesome. Uh, I just... And Barry fits into the Weenie Blitz attack deck so nicely because they're already all almost well, almost all water. And has City of Tears, he's battle draw a card. Yeah, that's that's rough. Is is the Blitz Weenie deck really going to be able to justify playing with a or get that much mileage out of a guy they have to pay seven four with three fours? For naval, I think they will. For, yeah, for naval, for the one guy. I mean, yeah, you're not going to play like eight. Big guys, but I think they can. I think they can justify having one guy who's a little bit more expensive, who just is so much more utility. Because that deck runs out of cards too, and he's battle draw a card out of that box. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the, the card draw I find more interesting. I, I think he's playable in that. I, I, I am. Le- I guess I'm less impressed with his ability to swing in in early when his when that cavalry is still regular. I mean, that's an awful lot. That's that's the sort of deck that wants to see. Guys that have you know three fours for four gold or something, not three fours for the seven. I mean that's you're you're buying him and you're buying I don't know what some well, other maybe maybe get him in another weenie on turn. You'd obviously well, flush no. him early. Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I'd flush him early. He would be okay. I've knocked you down to two provinces. Now I need some people to actually take those last two provinces. But yeah, hey, he he might even be able to outnable <laughs> some man's deck. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, there are a lot of those those water shigenja. Uh, the, the spell military also I mean Talisman of Yomi I think can go in any offensive Phoenix deck yeah definitely yeah. Uh, he's not here today but let's like, what is it uh, Touch of the Flames Kevin's Kevin's Guard is another kill action yeah uh, works pretty you're, you're gonna have at least two elemental traits when you're yeah. all, those guys, all those dual element guys that you're you're well, swinging yeah, I mean, that's with. another fun thing with Gifu is that I mean I think we've now got enough alchemists running around that you can fairly easily make a deck that'll have all five elements out relatively quickly. Even if you're not trying. Yeah, I mean, without trying, you can do it. Yeah. See, the other Phoenix theme that has got solid play before this was the the Yojimbo Duelist minor theme. Uh, again, this, this seems like it got a couple of, of good cards. Talisman of Yomi... At least as good out of here. Shiba Kataro struck me as a pretty good personality yeah. for that deck. And I hear oh, yeah. Ochi goes in that deck too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ochi, definitely. Ochi, yeah. Very, I mean, I'm, I'm very gonna... unfortunately can't sit at home with his 5 chi and use his ability. The uh, Master's Guard seems like it has that. That's a that's a deck that's not really spell laden already, and that seems like a decent follower for Phoenix. That and so the Ojibo seemed like the place that that could yeah. go. If any, I mean. Redirect to my Yojimbo with Master's Guard and engage your range six. But do they have yeah. any any room for it? Because that deck's pretty packed too right now. Yeah, yeah, they have a, a couple other. I mean, they uh, one of Jay's favorite cards from this set, Nature's Embrace. That this is yeah. the deck that that goes in because it's oh, actually yeah. got Samurai. In it. <laughs> oh, it's it's great. Stand is one's okay. How about the 
the Inquisitor theme, like the, the Phoenix Shugenja Magistrate. Gets an okay, it gets a playable guy, gets the uh, touch of death for dishonorable people. Yeah, I mean, I think that was its biggest boost, was the extra touch of death. I think the other themes are just so far ahead of them that it'll be overlooked. Yeah, yeah I don't... Well, as Kevin was saying last week, the problem with the Magistrate theme is that it's force reduction, and that just isn't that great. But I do think they have, they're definitely a top-tier clan now with all the support they've gotten. Yeah, yeah they, they were they were a clan. I asked about this last week. They were in that middle pack that had the crane and the unicorn and the spider, but they were a faction that... I think a lot of people perceived as being better that than that, and now I think that their two best decks, the sort of blitzy military and the the TST Yojimbo duos, seem like they've both gotten real tools for this set. And yeah, I agree that that they'll definitely take a step up with with Play War. Uh, okay, that's the last of our three clans for this segment. Up next is the Strange Assembly News Desk, and then we'll be back to talk about the Scorpion, the Spider, and the Unicorn. This is the Strange Assembly News Desk for July 3, 2010. The August Mega Game Honor Competition has been announced. It will be a RPG Canon Character Contest. You can find more details on the L5R.com website. Because the Spider gave more points to the Empire during Kote season than they gave to Jigoku, the Daigatsu Chaozu promo card will be released. A new list of winner's choice flavor keywords has been announced. They are Captain, Empty Hand, Iron Flower, Master of the Blade, Poison Fan, Prophet, Scourge of the Clan of Your Choice, Unbreakable, Vicious, and Villain. The mega game implications of the Winner's Choice, Stronghold Store, and Jewel tournaments have been posted on the Alderac website. The mega game point events at Gen Con have been announced. There's going to be a Winner's Choice on Friday. The main event called the Wrath of the God Beast, and the second chance event called the Final Plague. In addition, there will be several honor competitions, including a costume contest, a theme deck contest, clan t-shirts, and a, quote, unprecedented honor event on Saturday night. There should be a special announcement concerning that one coming shortly. Since our last episode of Strange Assembly, there have been two fictions, State of the Empire Week 16 and the ninth Scenes from the Empire Fiction, published on June 29, 2010 by Brian Yoon and Rusty Prisky. In the first scene, Hida Demapen, Bayushi Kasaku, and Doji Shikana discuss how to deal with a unit of destroyers who have broken through the lines and are heading into Scorpion lands. Over the crane's objection, Demapen and Kasaku agree to lay a trap for the destroyers, that will sacrifice a village, farmlands, and crab and scorpion lives to defeat the enemy. In the second scene, Muramoto Gunkuro stands alone among the mountains. The dragon, who achieved enlightenment several years ago, becomes as one with the world, feels the flow of the future to determine the likely outcome of various plans of attack on a nearby Yobinjin unit. A course of action chosen... Gunkuro heads for the Yobinjin, intending to destroy them in a conflagration, but escape himself. The summaries don't always do justice to the fictions, but in particular, this this second scene is not really well summarized the way 
it was written. So I, I highly recommend that you go and, and check that out. For today's Strange Assembly op-ed, I'll be handling the duties. Last week, Kevin gave an editorial about why you shouldn't play a deck that you hate. And I agree that you shouldn't play a deck that you hate because the object of most games is to not only win, but enjoy yourself in, in doing it. But his op-ed really wasn't about playing a deck that you hate. His op-ed was about not bandwagoning. And I disagree. You should bandwagon. The bandwagon deck is probably better than your deck. That's why it's been winning Kote. Or placing highly at Kote. Even if you don't play the bandwagon deck at a Kote, you should build it. You should play with it. You should learn why it's doing well. And you should apply those lessons to the decks that you you make. Don't discount playing a deck just because it's a bandwagon. You want to have fun, and winning can often be fun. That's the Strange Assembly News Desk for July 3. Final segment up next. And we're back for the final three clans for our review of the impact of Plague War on the tournament environment. First up is Scorpion, certainly a clan that was uh, at the bottom of the ladder going into this environment. Are they going to stay there? No, definitely not. They needed a lot of help. They didn't get quite everything they needed, but they got a lot of puzzle pieces to fill things in course the the place where a lot of scorpion players start when they want to to build a deck is that defensive dishonor that's one of their their minor themes uh what do you think that picked up this uh jay uh i think that picked up the amazing honor meta i mean just the ability to stop honor any honor gains from certain decks from crawling out of the passive dishonor is just it, it becomes much harder for I mean, especially um, like unicorn to to stay, keep their head above wa- water against the dis- in the dishonor matchup with the honor meta they get. Yeah, there was. I, yeah, I think you mentioned. Yeah, it, it only action speak shuts down Oyo Sado. Yeah, even shuts down multiple Oyo Sados for a turn. Uh, they get Agasha Katsuki's ashes. They get Iweko's journals, and they get three amazing personalities for their deck. Yeah, I mean the the first one. I mean. You count Shishiro Orakasa in there? Yes, or? yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, even their boxable, she's a boxable Shigenja courtier. Yeah, which, and of course that is, leads right into the one of the other great cards that got Whispers of the Forgotten, which is six gold, value Shigenja, kill almost anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Orakasa is still amazingly versatile for that deck. I think she's a lot of what she needed, or they needed. Uh, you can pretty much bow her twice a turn. It's for that deck it's pretty amazing yeah yeah and she does I I I still think Iweko's journals has a lot of possibility to to do a lot of stuff there's a lot of those actions relating to Dishonor that are are political and I hear card draw is good and and heck it requires you to bow somebody in there's Orakasa yeah for that uh, now who's the the third personality you think really adds to that deck uh, Rieko XP again it's another Shigenja that can bow for multiple things Okay, yeah, and they, they get more mileage out of Relentless Conviction than, than anybody else, probably because they just have such an easy time dishonoring people. Oppression's okay. 
successful bounties, okay. Yeah. I mean, not reliable, because it's an event, but... It, that's more for the magistrate deck, I think, because yeah. you can uh, give sincerity and it turns into a 400 loss and builds that up quickly. Uh, okay, so what about the a more offensive magistrate deck? Do you think anybody's going to play that out of either Palace of Crimson Shadow or SSK? I've been trying a defensive magistrate deck out of uh, Palace. It, I'm playing it like you would a defensive honor deck, so it's had mixed results, but I've certainly won more games than I thought I would. Uh, but I think they also got a lot of boosts in ninjas this set, too. They, they, they got incredible personalities in K-Ray and Rieko. Yeah, they, and, you know, not in Plague War, but I think kind of hanging over all this is that we've now seen preview that there's going to be the, the free ninja that yeah. they get in Imperial Gift 3. Seems like there's a reasonable chance that, that IG3 is going to be legal for for Gen Con. Maybe they'll do like what they did last year and and get it out to people right before that, that tournament starts. And if it is, I Ninja seems to me like the place that Scorpion want to go. Ninja Blitz especially. Well, and also, if, if we're going to mention IG3, I think that they got... The, the Passive Dishonor got a huge card... Uh, I forgot the name of it. Open the next time you would gain honor, you instead lose it because that hits the dynasty. I mean, that's just such a huge dishonor card. At the worst case scenario, it says target player loses two honor. But I mean, <clears throat> the the scenario that really scares me is let's say I'm playing playing lion, you're playing passive dishonor. Lion first turn buys two holdings. Passive dishonor buys. Courtier, the boxable guy makes you lose an honor. Lion's now at six. On Lion's turn, Scorpion plays that card. They're now stuck at six, can't buy a guy, aren't hitting their honor requirements, completely stalled out at that point. And then their Kensai theme is in the same shape as all the others. You know, it's not very effective yet, but I think it is getting there, and I really like how it actually plays. Yeah, well, and I, and I think of the Kensai themes, I think the Scorpion has been in the worst position. First of all, because until Plague War, they didn't have enough Scorpion Kensai to make a deck. Yeah, and then... Yeah. I, and most of them were just blanks. Yeah, they blank boxables. Yeah, well, they are, they are definitely a different feel of Kensai than, than some of the other ones. A lot of the Scorpion Kensai are focused on, I mean, these these little puds. Two fours for two gold. Three fours for three gold. And then with a couple of really good uniques tossed in there, and, and the okay, I think the okay one who bows a card or anything if it's dishonorable. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think they're they're still going to be behind like most of the other Kensei are, but uh, you will, we'll have to see. They're, they may or may not come up with the other Kensei as as the arc moves along. They're, they're more weenie focus at least so far. I think does give them a, a different sort of feel. I don't know that necessarily the same things that, that work for one will work for the other. And you always have the specter out there of having your PUD get taken down by that anti-foxable data. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, I think we should... I'd like to go back to a second to I mean, to Ninja and, and I think really emphasize that I, I think that Ninja is in a position to really go to being a good deck, not not just to give something Scorpion passable, to actually maybe give them something good. I mean, you talked about Yogo Rieko earlier in the context of Dishonor, but 
she can do even more in the ninja deck because her other ability actually matters. You've got a new decent follower, or, or at least an okay follower in the Silent Blade if you want to get more ninja followers into your deck, and you now have the option of the Super Ambush in, in Silent Struggle. I don't think that's as big a deal as the fact that they have Super Sneak Attack, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and again, as we mentioned before, the, the Ninja from IG3 opens the whole deck up. You can do so much more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Ninja Blitz. Basically, you know, turn one, you buy a normal sort of ninja, you get the free ninja, turn two, slap a follower on your ninja, give him plus two fours, there you go. And and right there from turn two, you can be shutting down your opponent's ability to to buy good personalities. Now, I don't know how reliable the the blitz itself is going to be, but, I mean, we talked about this, this last time, but Hidden Moon Dojo is so underrated. Uh, I've been winning a lot against my ninja deck. It, you just have to play very aggressively and make sure you get their best person and good things tend to happen when they don't buy people that hurt your people yeah so i i i do think that scorpion is is going to see a a pickup in this set although more so in in the ninja than in the the dishonor decks that that some scorpion favor so okay well it's spider spider i think had a, a disappointing cote season in that Entering Kote season, a lot of people thought that Spider were going to be one of the big successful factions, especially after Wrath of Kalima got errated, which I think we all agreed needed to happen. The Spider fell back down into that that pack at the sort of middle low range with with Crane Unicorn Phoenix, with lower expectations of Spider. Maybe now, I mean, how are they going to develop with Plague War? What do you think, Jay? I don't know. I think that uh, I I can't think off the top of my head anything really overly exciting they got. I'm probably missing something though. Uh, well, I, I think that of their archetypes, the the deck that seemed like it had the most, at least somewhat flashy cards to me was the the breeder with the the undead. You've got a couple of spells, rise corrupted and. And then questionable charity, or maybe questionable charity is a, a keyhole, and I'm misrecalling. But e- either way, you know, I mean, rise corrupted, kills somebody, gets you a pod. Hmm. Questionable charity, you know, bow you shigenja, churn out even more uh, of those undead guys. Those those seem pretty decent. They've got some some decent personality additions in, in the Chuda. Yeah, Chuda Misime is battle kill guy without attachments and make a zombie. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah, but they and that and, and a breeder, breeder related stuff seem to be one of their their more popular and successful decks. Anyway, uh, now something that also I thought I think had been successful and didn't seem like it got very much was the the Shadowlands Beasties uh, minor theme, which you know exists in Goblin versions and and Oni versions, but this set had very few because it, it, it because we had the I think there's an increased number of the clan aligned personalities were at seven each in this set. What did they get this time? Get, but there are, XP? Yeah, they got Kotobu XP. I don't I don't think there's even an Oni in the set. I don't remember one. I but. yeah, I so you yeah you've got and in the unaligned guys you've got Karatsu, you've got Cursed Dead, which doesn't really play in the the shadow in the, the, the Beasties deck. That's more in the you know the undead deck. And so that that didn't really get 
much new. I mean, the, the most significant card that it it seemed like that got. Uh, I think the, the Quiet Death is like the little mini Oni. The little Oni that yeah. could, but in this yeah. case, it, it won't. But I mean, I, I I think the most significant addition to the Oni deck is only action speak because honor well honor is a deck that that oni does not like to play against honor i mean oni wants to play with honor meta only action speak is great honor meta and and it's a great ability for them i mean it's really going to be it 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 bows almost any personality flat out because you have such high force but even against high force guys it's going to bow anybody who has an attachment because your oni is always going to have higher force than one of their attachments, and if you can bow one of the attachments, then you'll bow the entire unit. Yeah, uh, but I, and so I, I guess Onis get that, but goblins did code really. get a Katoba, like one unique guy just is not enough to get goblins. <clears throat> goblins uh, anywhere. I, I do like all the support paragons got though. They got a couple of really really good cards. Uh, Shimakiri. I, I know a lot of players didn't like him when he's revealed, but I think it's a really strong ability. Especially with uh, Deathly Aura, which is the best card they got this set by far. A sneak attack that they can recur and actually draw into with Setsuko. Yeah, well, I mean, Shirakiri, to me, is just a, you know, he's, he's a 4 fortress 7 that has a battle range 3-4-ish. I mean, he's, uh, it, I mean, the fact that the cost of removing a card from your discard pile is, I, is one I don't care about as, as a cost. Yeah, uh, as long as you've got something in there. Yeah. Uh, and Setsuko is pretty amazing. She can do whatever she needs to do that turn. And uh, Murderous Intent, their action is really strong. Unopposed, unopposed force pumps. And yeah, well, and for them, that was actually something newish. I mean, the Lion Paragons, or maybe it was the Lion Heroes, I mean, but Lion got another unopposed force pump as well. But for them, they already had charge. It's not that big yeah. an addition. But this is gives, gives the Spider Paragons the option of of running something like that. But, I mean, is 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 that enough to to raise paragons to the level where people might want to play paragons instead of instead of breeder? In, in my experience, paragons have a decent game versus military. They just struggle versus honor, and of course dishonor. So I, I think they inadvertently gain that way too. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a the perpetual uh, issue that. I guess that's a perpetual issue that that Spider have with uh, Scorpion. Although I don't know that Spider players will find it that much more enjoyable either to play against Ninja, because Scorpion is mostly balanced to have to go second, and they actually go first mm-hmm. against the Spider, which lets them they actually get those Ninja swings in before yeah. the, the the you know even earlier in in the the opponent's chance to have bought decent personalities uh, right up front. Uh, and then finally for the spider, we we have the last of those Kensei factions. Uh, I think they got a little bit more than other Kensei did. They because they not only get hundredfold cut like the other Kensei do, but they also get they can play Cold Hand Stone Heart yeah. uh, because they're all monks. Uh, it's not as good, but the I, I don't it doesn't seem as good. Uh, but they do have the option of Serpent's Deception and and weapon decks always get nervous about the possibility of their guys getting bowed because it shuts down the entire the, just the kind of the guy shuts force, down the entire yeah. unit. So so Serpent's Deception can run in there. And then I think Aobozu is great. Yeah, yeah. against it comes into play with a weapon. And has a battle action. Which isn't too shabby, especially if you give him the second weapon, then it's 
almost bow a unit at that point because no one really has super units anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, or yeah, your, your super unit is one decent guy and one giant awesome. Yeah, uh, follower, Chagatai's arm or something. But now here's a card, Jay, that that we have not mentioned yet, but is for all the Kensei factions, Tetsukama Mine. I uh, does Tetsukama. I mean, what does Tetsukama Mine bring to these different Kensei decks? I mean, it brings card draw, which is. I mean, card draw is always good, but at the same time, if you don't have any great cards to be drawing into, which is the the problem with Kensei, I mean, the, <clears throat> as, as nice as the other Kensei card is, the bow your weapon, draw two cards, there's not a huge amount to draw into that's going to make the huge difference. And also, with the Tetsukama Mine, you're giving up two gold for the card. Yeah, I mean, I guess we... We we routinely and happily give up five gold or more to pay for for traveling peddler, and so Tetsukama Mine is is cheaper in that respect. I guess the the drawback of Tetsukama Mine relative to that is that when you're traveling peddler, it's often because you don't really have much else to do with that gold. Whereas Tetsukama Mine, you need to have been buying attachments or at least an attachment and then pay the extra two gold. But but when it goes, it I mean, it's hard to argue with card draw. Yes, it, yeah. it, it a lot more. Uh, it, the more specifically triggered makes it less desirable, obviously. Yeah. So, Spider overall, I, I mean, I guess it, it sounded like there wasn't really much we were excited about with Spider to, to take their game to the other level. The, the deck, actually, that seemed like it got the most was the Sohei, but I don't... I don't know that any of us think that the Sohei is no. something that you're going to be winning tournaments with. I, I think the Paragons are stronger than people give them credit for. But we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. But okay. They, they have dropped overall, I think. Yeah. Last, and uh, I guess we'll decide whether or not we think they're the least, are the Unicorn. Uh, I, I mean, I think the most important card for Unicorn this set, something that's not theme-specific, and it's the Blessed Herd. It gives their economy a really good boost. And and I think that that will be a pick me up for any line, any any unicorn deck. Yeah, I mean the problem with unicorn is that with with Silkworks gone, they just don't have that. I mean they they needed a, a economic boost, and Blessed Herd is a great one. I mean especially when a lot of their guys are costing eight. Yeah, and no one's gonna argue that they didn't need the card, and we'll see exactly how much it helped them. Yeah, well, I know. Now last week. Trevor, you talked some about the the unicorn commanders deck that the John had been playing. You know, what do you what do you think that that deck picked up from from this set? Uh, Keychain XP, and he's an amazing card. Uh, a cavalry tactician commander that makes his own follower for himself and other people is really really good. They also got the the courtier that just opened to battle to make a follower. It doesn't sound like a lot, but over time it really adds up. Yeah, and it, it it alleviates some of the pressure for your deck to stock quite as many follower cards. They can actually, you know, play with the, the cavalry follower that hands out two followers. They can yeah, play with yeah. that guy that hands out followers. There's uh, the event that hands out a follower. Uh, make you a little bit less dependent on the, the fate. Which which is especially good when most most of the really good followers right now are infantry, so... Unicorn doesn't want to play with them as quite as much. And Blessed Herd actually does have another ability on it too. <laughs> the six gold it wasn't does? enough. Yeah. Uh, yes. 
all, all followers get increased. I think I can't. Well, it's what, plus one Cav- force, plus one uh, force. Cavalry, cavalry everything? followers. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, I think I think it's it's easy to overlook that because yeah. it bows why, to that ability. Yeah, why would you? Uh, do that? <laughs> so it, you you better be winning the battle it, when you bow. Yeah, that. well, it swings the tide at the end if you have to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, certainly a, a final attack plus one force for everything. Is uh, it? Cavalry followers. The okay, it's just the followers. Okay, so definitely the the commanders decks are looking at that more. Do you think that? Dong Min is is somebody that's gonna get into the decks. Well, it, it fits a cheap slot, but I really don't think he's that special at all. He's, uh, it, force is seldom the problem with Unicorn at the very beginning, and that's when he'd be the most useful, I think. Okay, let's talk about what I think was the most popular Unicorn deck over Kote season: Battle Maidens. Uh, they got another clan champion for the Battle Maiden deck. Yes, <laughs> and she is scary. Itaku Kana, the non-unique, not awful, but I, I didn't find her too impressive. It's more for the Switch perspective, I guess, but she does cost a lot of gold. She's nine, so the Blessed Herd won't buy her by itself. And, I mean, now, how much is Battle... or How much are we going to see Battle Maiden Switch? I, you know, again, hanging over all this, we talked about what people think about Honor. I know there's there have been a lot of battle maiden focus decks that really don't care that much about the honor gain you know maybe they can gain enough but not that much or, or decks that just run out of otaku planes and don't care at all yeah yeah i, I don't think honor. they're gonna switch very much but it, it's just another option yeah and, and they did and battle maidens also picked up a a pretty good strategy in the win number stops they have all those force reduction actions and Can now you, you get kill to card. yeah reaction and kill you too a, a Somewhat undeveloped so far, Unicorn Minor theme uh, is their tacticians. They get Kichang. Uh, they can still they can play with Choose Your Fight as well. Is that enough to make anybody want to take a specifically tactician focused Unicorn deck to? Uh... No, no. I think it's one of those themes that isn't quite there yet. Kichang is amazing, but he doesn't do it all by himself, and yeah. he's just unique. So they don't have enough. It's enough to splash it in. But not enough to really make a deck all about it. Okay, and then finally, uh, a theme that I have think, think got a boost across the board for a lot of factions, which is the Unicorn Scouts. They got Shinjo Hyung, who is free a free, lot of the yeah. time. I hear free personalities she, are good. Yeah, and one of the the, the sort of drawbacks to the Scout idea for Unicorn is that. Scouts are very focused on having recon provinces. Unicorn don't like to telegraph where they're going. I don't know if that's as much of a problem as as people make it out to be because, I mean, you know, they still have to pick one place to go to defend, and early on you're trying to take presence lists, and most of the recon-related things are about wanting to play better battle abilities there, which you don't need. But if you are worried about, they picked up a pretty good follower... Three force for three East Wind Riders, and its recon action targets two provinces. Mm. So that gives you a little bit of, of extra f- flexibility. They get the same trap as sprung that everybody else does, uh, and they also get hasty evaluation, which uh, I think is a, a scout card that really is unicorn specific. Well, it's, if I remember correctly, it's cavalry, so yeah. If you can <laughs> give your crab scouts cavalry. Well, I mean, Tenyo has cavalry. I don't. Want to say for sure that there's no other cavalry scout laying around out there, but, but yeah, that's that's something that the, the no, unicorn not enough are. to really run the card. 
I, I think the scouts are more developed than the mantis, but less than the crab. So they could see play it. I, I know you can surprise people. You can play the Heung and also uh, the Mantis Thunder Scout. You can get two people into play in a battle that weren't there at the start, and that could be frustrating. Yeah, and and I think that something that has finally happened in this this Cote season is that there's been widespread use of infantry guys, hmm. in, including out-of-clan guys by Unicorn. I mean, that was something that had happened before with the Sum. You'd, you'd see Salmon playing... With some, you know, that infantry deck where he had the the dueling deck, and oh yeah, yeah. But from at the end of Samurai, but generally the unicorn player base is resistant to including non-cavalry guys. I mean, there are obvious reasons that there are flaws, right. problems with having non-cavalry guys. But well, it's the same reason Trevor doesn't like naval. Oh, I do like naval. That's well, like, well, like doesn't like, like not, not naval guys. Sorry, uh, misspoke. Yes, but yeah, I, I mean, so now unicorn. Unicorn was down near the bottom as far as deck power level went, it seemed, in, in Kote season. has Have they gotten enough to change that position in Plague War? See, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that they are the bottom clan right now, and I'll be proving on my case probably so. <laughs> well, the the bright side about case winning something is you can always say, oh, it was case. Yeah, that uh, doesn't, doesn't count. It's <laughs> like we say the same thing with Reese. You know, Reese goes seven zero with the score. We decided like, ah, it's it's Reese. Yeah, that didn't. <laughs> no excuses. It just proves it can be done. Uh, Case could win with Ronin right now. <laughs> I, I disagree. Yeah, I, I do. I, I have to. Too. He's 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 not Superman. But okay, well that's that's nine factions. And before we go, we're going to engage in a little exercise in futility which we're then going to ask you to come and engage with us as well on the Strange Assembly forums, and that is we are going to rank the clans in order of what we think they're going to be successful during the Plague War environment. This gives us lots and lots of chances to be completely wrong, because there hasn't been a single storyline tournament with this environment yet. Uh, but like I said, we'll, we'll be posting these up on the Strange Assembly forums. You can come up and post them as well, and we can all see after Gen Con how things went. So Just how wrong we are. Yes, I think it's a, it's a question of degree, not a question of if. Yes. Uh, why don't you kick things off, Jay? Uh, okay, well, first off, I've got Dagron, uh, then Crab, uh, Fire Chickens, Mantis, Lion, Crane, Scorpion, Pony, and finish it off with Spider. Alright, uh, my completely baseless assessment is a phoenix crab mantis dragon crane scorpion spider lion and unicorn well i have crab mantis phoenix lion dragon scorpion crane spider unicorn so this is a question of who's more right by still being completely wrong at the end of this you know i i like to think of it more in terms of who's more wrong (laughs) Saying it's more right implies that we might know what we're doing. Oh, yeah, we know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Well, that's Strange Assembly for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us on the web at strangeassembly.com. You can send us some emails or Chris at Strange Assembly, Jay at Strange Assembly. Your Valentine or Trevor? I don't even know. You Trevor. don't even know. So if, don't one, send, if one bounces, try the other don't, one. Don't, don't send one to Trevor. He's apparently not not checking that. Or you can send it to strangeassembly at gmail.com. Uh, I mentioned earlier we have forums. If you go to strangeassembly.com, we'd like to talk to you. Let us know what you'd like to hear coming up on the show. 
Uh, this is the part where I'd normally give a shout out to the musicians, but there haven't been any so far. But in a few seconds, you'll start to hear a violin play, which you better like, because it's my wife. She stinks! Oh, I'm Jerry Trevor Valentine. I'm Chris Stevenson. If you hear me on the news tomorrow, it's because I killed Jay. <laughs>